Alright, well, ready? Yeah. Welcome to the BBL podcast. This is a new way we're doing it. I sound like I'm on the Breakfast Club. Hello, this is Jess and Angie from the Breakfast Club. We're talking about people we don't like. <laughs> That's me every day, though. I hate people. Like, I like my job is people focused, and every day I'm like, why am I interacting with people? I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, why am I interacting with you? <laughs> Oh, I just realized what you just said there. Wow. Self-hate, funny. <laughs> Damn. Kidding, kidding, kidding. Um, but yeah, we have hopefully new um audio here. We're testing the waters with this whole podcast stuff. So kudos yeah. to our first round of listeners. Thank you, y'all. Thank you for our is it was it 19 streamers? Or I lost count after one. So I don't <laughs> Well, I would say because Jess was like, well, girl, I just want us to get 10. We went past 10, so that's great. I think I replayed it three times, so we're doing great. (laughs) And also, I'm the only, you should follow us on Spotify, okay? We are the BBL, Brown Broken Laughing. Please follow us. We are a hoot. Yes, we are. All right, check-in time. Um, How's this week? We can continue using the scale we used in the first, uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like the first episode, but interpret as you wish. Mm-hmm. well I feel okay I woke up at 10 a.m this is also the story of my life I wake up earlier than I went to I wanted to get up at 5 a.m you know although I went to bed at two which five on a Sunday I, no I just wanted to be productive you know okay. I wanted to get more done but like you know as I said in the past podcast I am unemployed because I was laid off so a lot of my time is just getting the willpower to apply for shit when I don't want to apply for shit because I actually like being unemployed besides the money part that part sucks but (laughs) I like spending time doing things that I want to do you know not I don't like I like that my time is not spoken for but I'm also where people need you need money and in order to make money you have to listen to people (laughs) that sounds bad you know you got you got to work for people until you have your own shit and you can she Call said capitalism shot. in a short sentence. Basically, oh, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there should be another, another, the, like the subtitle of our, like the other title of our podcast, fuck, fuck capitalist, capitalism. But, but we are the capitalists though. So we're fucking ourselves over. Yeah. That's the podcast. Um, fuck the shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then also I've been at home mostly and my mom is not feeling the best. Like she has like this oh. leg nerve leg pain so a lot of it is just like being in the house taking care of her helping her manage her pain so hasn't been the greatest time but like also not the worst time you know that's good I hope she feels better though especially now with like the weather being kind of shady out here you know I know that cold temperatures can really impact your joints and muscles and everything else oh that could be also another reason why she's nerves is her nerves so it's like a but yeah and also, we just got back from traveling, so, like, there's a lot of pressure on her nerves anyway from, like, just being on the plane for so long. So, they, yeah. all of it is just, like, coming to a a high point for her. Yes. Mama, Mama Angie needs to rest. Yeah, she does. And let's talk about Jess. How was your week? Okay. If, uh, you know, how in the last episode, I was, like, tennis, like, the world needs to be covered in lava, you know? Let's say it was, like, a 9.5. Nothing bad. So, I feel bad, right? Because it's, like, everyone's healthy and such but 
feel like work was chaotic. And I feel like, unfortunately, a good component of our lives are focused on work, right? I feel like it's what, 40% home, 80% work, and it shouldn't be like that. But here yeah. we are. Mm-hmm. Um, girl, it's been, it's been, it's been something. I channeled my inner Wednesday energy unconsciously this week. And I feel like I kind of scared people at work, <laughs> but it's okay. Cause usually I'm like, let's be flexible. Yeah, it's all good. And and this week is very much, why are you talking to me? Why are you inviting me to XYZ thing? And I don't mean to, but it's also just been a lot. So that's been heavy. Um, for self-care, I do boxing and I kind of jacked something up in my arm. So, oh, I spent the entire night kind of like figuring out ways to dangle my arm out, out of the bed. <laughs> it was a struggle bus. Uh, it was so hard to give people attitudes because I couldn't like flick my wrist the way I wanted to because it felt like I had sprained my wrist so usually I like to also like randomly slap people or punch just because that's my love language apparently it's not like aggressive just to like you know I'm very much like ha 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 and then yeah don't worry guys I'm fine (laughs) (laughs) but also like it was so hard to do that in my arm like even now I'm able to move it and stuff so but it hurts. And, and like, I, I have like, I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like I've gone to different specialists and doctors and stuff, but um, I do have some sort of like joint boing, uh, bone thing, boing, bone thing where um, sometimes it's it's hard to like move a certain way. And, and I have a lot of pinched nerves and, and it's, it's messy. So like this weather, that's why I brought it up. Like this weather isn't doing me any justice with that. So it's been difficult to sleep sometimes. Yeah. Um, so girl, if there's a CBD sponsor out there, please holla. <laughs> yes. Um, um, also, I think also just to, for us to be aware, especially if like our listeners going through this, they probably are. If, if the 30s is think is the is the decade for all the pain to come and all the because I think when you're young, when you're younger, you're like, I have time. I'm gonna fuck up my body as long as I want. And then girl, 30s oh. was like you thought uh you're getting older things like I hear so many people talking about like when they reach hit 30 things just start like their body just starts to speak to them and I remember I had a few little scares not like scares but like concerns with my health last year and my dad was all like oh you're just getting to the start of like having to go to the doctor and so like that just happens when you get older that's a part of getting older you have high blood pressure you have things you have to deal with so it's not like so it's a part of life unfortunately and we just got to figure out how to deal with it yeah we're basically cars like in our late 20s, yeah. the check engine light come on and we're like, it's fine. It's just like mm-hmm. a check engine. Yeah. Now it's like the tire pressure thing is on and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I actually have to go somewhere to get this fixed. But like yeah. all these other buttons are coming up, but yeah. it's all good. So um, yeah, it was a 9.5 last week where it wasn't so much I want the world to be covered in lava. It was more about I am willing to work for the FBI and snitch on house. So that's where I was at. <laughs> In terms of like anger <laughs> and life, <laughs> but I was still laughing, ha ha ha. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> still slightly broke, but it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I gotta. Ooh. I know we out here. Oh. Yeah. Oh, but oh, should we get to our to the yeah? So let's episode. let's do it. So I know that. Shout out to all the people who, again, listened, uh, people who also reached out, whether through the Instagram uh, page or just directly about like feedback, holla, hence one of them is us being on the Zoom call so we can go ahead and record with the right audio here. Yeah. Um, but also a lot of people were really curious as to like why we hate 
certain people. And I think for me, one of them was like Gina Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm disappointed in her. I'm so upset with, with how she's turned out. It's just, ugh. but yeah, go ahead. I don't even know what she's up to nowadays. Um, But yeah, are you looking for her on Insta? No, I'm looking at, you said people messaged us. I'm trying to see if I've messaged anything. But I think they probably messaged you then. Probably. So, it was probably direct message. It's weird. Instagram okay. has this thing where like two files are in one. Okay. Um, But um, yeah, so I figured we can kind of dive into it. So um, whether it's like certain people or like certain concepts, we want to take this time to just dive into that. Okay. So do you want to go ahead and go first though? Yeah, I'll go first because I think you have the more juicy, juicy thing. Not at all. It's pretty simple. But I know you we started talking before recording and I was like kind of interested in like the whole concept okay. you brought up. Yeah. So I more hate so like this thing, this like whole collection of things. It's called the manosphere. You might might have heard of it. Probably how you heard of it is through like male podcasters. You know how people like stop male podcasts. I'm talking about manosphere podcast. And probably some notable figures are Kevin Samuels and fresh and fit um if you're like so I listen to a lot of dating or like relationship sex content right that stuff interests me and since I date black men that's what I hear about black relationships and stuff so from listening to that I got into like oh there's like a a type of relationship content that's kind of like about hating on women Hmm. and that's like where fresh and fresh and fit and Kevin Samuels comes in um, so like their thing is they're, they're wanting to keep up like the traditional masculine presence of men, um, but also women are submissive. They don't talk to you in any type of way. Um, you are the man, they're the woman. And I think they're reacting to this change where like women are now not even married or they're not married. And even if they are married, they're also a breadwinner in the house. Like it's not right. traditionally how we used to be. And I think a lot of men are reacting to this change because for a lot of people, Sometimes all they have is their identities, right? So like white men, right? They were top of the world because they were white. Now white women are also going up and also people of color are challenging what it means to be a person in this country and who is meant, like who should, like, like we're, we're critiquing the system. And then if the system benefits you, you're going to be upset. Like, why are y'all doing this only thing that I have? And for like black men specifically, their power is in being men. The world mm-hmm. treats them like shit in terms of being black so like when it comes to like relationships like black and women relationships sometimes like these ministry conversations are really anti-black mm-hmm. like towards women so a lot of kiv and Samuel's structure and fresh and fit was like they'll have all these women come on their show Kevin Tima was more like there's a zoom type of situation or like fresh and fit they will come on the show and they'll be like yeah this is what's wrong with women today basically while and the women, women on the podcast present? while the women are on the podcast also, Kevin Samuels is passed away. He passed away last year. What's, what was his um like demographic? Like his uh, I I think it was majority black men. I'm I was on the bus. I was on the bus, girl. Mm-hmm. And Listen, and then I heard his voice, and who was watching it? A black woman. I was like, oh fuck. And now I don't speak. I don't speak on the bus because like that gets you in trouble, you know. I mean, Chicago. it's Chicago, girl. You it's know, Chicago. Like... But she seemed cool. Like, I was like, so I was like, you know, also, I just trust women. I, I, I just feel better around women. So I said, so is that Kevin Samuel? She's like, yeah, like, I know. She was like guilty already. Like, because she knows. She, she have knows, to girl. She was like, I know where this is going. <laughs> asked him, asked her, do you like what he's saying? He says, well, he has some interesting points. But like, I have a lot of problems with what he's saying. And I think what it is, like, he says something. I think a lot of these guys, he says something general, like, like maybe you don't be as picky 
open up your uh like broaden what you're interested in right so that mm-hmm. sounds good it's just one piece of advice like you know not being so strict and like that's good advice generally but if it's like black women they they expect too much they need to lower their standards oh, no. like that type of type of conversation and what i hate most about these conversations is that they're always blaming women instead of looking at themselves like a lot of things i hear was like i hate when my girl keeps blowing up my phone why is she blowing up your phone is she blowing up your phone because you have a history of cheating mm. or when she's out with you you're too flirty like why do, how come she doesn't trust you i also feel like when people say blowing up my phone it's like two messages throughout the day is not blowing <laughs> up your phone honey like yeah you could be dead maybe it, they're just like are you alive and you're like, like oh my god i alive? can't the audacity anyways and, and like I mean this is also like a, a this is like a really fun episode right this isn't like a serious like no, episode, no. But, but I think the manosphere concept is serious because a lot of these young men are going on to these spaces looking for male figures to teach them how to be men and then their in, entrance into that is what it's, it's woman's fault and one of the things that I hate the most especially on the it's a, definitely a black manosphere con- conversation is that they blame the single mother. And instead mm. of saying, how come your mother is single mother? Where's your father? They always put everything on the black single mother. Mm. And it's like, it's so unfortunate. It's like these women spend their lives trying to take care of you with maybe they don't have a lot of money. I don't know the situation for each person, but it's hard. And then they blame the mother for giving them feminine, like feminine features or like feminine. Um, maybe they're not, they're soft because they were raised by a mother like instead of being raised by a man. Yeah. But it's like, okay, instead of blaming her, where's your father to have this conversation with? He's not here. It's like they're missing the, they're just, they just want to just keep blaming women instead of actually like looking at themselves. Like another thing I noticed too, is like a lot of black women are more educated now. They're getting master's degrees. There was even a TikTok where it's like the black girl boredom. And it's like, this girl was like getting up, going back to school. And then I saw in the comments, people were like, yes, that's me. That's me. That's me. Like, that's just, also think women in general, we just have a self, we just have a self-development thing. We let it do better. And then what these management men are doing is like, y'all doing too much. Stop it. Instead of saying, how can we be the type of men these women want to date? Let's push them down so they can become the woman that we want, like the submissive woman we want to date or someone that's at our level, right? Instead of and like, that's not what women dating, like if you look at any dating advice for women, it's all about developing us, but their version is to put us down. And it's like very annoying and concerning. That's heavy shit. That's yeah, a lot. It's so heavy. Also, it's, it's like, first of all, because like even the concept of masculinity and femininity in itself, I mean, it's fluid, right? I feel like mm-hmm. there's all these societal factors that contribute towards like, what is what? which Mm -hmm. sucks ass because it shouldn't be like that but here we are Mm -hmm. but I mean no that's real because I definitely see that similar rhetoric especially among like Mexican older men right Mm -hmm. um especially when they're raised pretty religious and it's like Mm -hmm. I mean growing up I would also see it with my dad like saying shit about how you know my brother shouldn't be helping wash dishes because that's the woman's job and it's like who the fuck said that like I don't see it in the bible the fuck like yeah yeah. what you mean but also I just think it's disheartening to always blame in this case scenario sounds like the the major sort of I wouldn't say punching bag because that's not the right term but it sucks that these men are specifically blaming black women who already like yeah and the white men, they the white men do this too. Like 
just a different context because it's like the, I think it's easier to get into the black manosphere probably for black men because they're probably gonna push some pro-black things as well it's like this is how you be a, a black man to, to like take on this this world right so they have like it's probably informative information in that sense like how to because maybe you don't have a male figure in your life like that but then when it gets to that side where it's like it's just just misogynistic then that's it's dangerous no yeah it's yeah. definitely dangerous because then it's like at the end of the day these young men are the ones who are victims of such rhetoric and violence yeah so mm-hmm. and also kevin sam he died of hypertension so it was a natural causes but he died and he was found with like a woman and I think she was a, a Latina woman based on her name. But like I don't want to say her name because she also got a lot of harassment. Oh. But like, so um, so I, she's not really and she's not about, about her anyway. But like the, the the idea is that he's giving all these advice to men about how to be a high value. This is how you get women. He died with someone, he, he just met this woman the other day. So like he died with someone he doesn't even know that well. And someone said, like, maybe, I mean, this is all speculation, right? So I, I'm not saying this is fact. But that like his home was kind of might have not have been that big. So he didn't even might not even had a lot of money. One day I looked at his LinkedIn account just to be like, you went into his LinkedIn? You went into his LinkedIn? So I want to see what makes this guy um, an expert. He just he just has a sales background. He doesn't even have any dating egg, but like he doesn't have the, the background to say all this stuff. And then like his mom found out he died via social media. So, I mean, that could just be let like people just talked about it. She saw or maybe no one was checking in on him. So she only found out through social media because maybe she's not in contact with her son that much. I don't know. I'm, I'm it could also this. be that this is someone who is trying to also build some sort of persona, some sort of following to find that sort of self-love. It sucks. But yeah. This guy yeah. sounds like he definitely needed therapy. Um, yeah. That's just real. I'm not even trying to make a joke about that. I feel like oftentimes, especially yeah. um, like, men of color right like there's a lot to unpack and a lot like vulnerability is not easy for them whether that means talking about their childhood or talking about like violence that they witnessed whether it was emotional physical or even sexual right but like therapy is okay um and I feel like it's just one of those cases too where instead of being able to talk it through with someone they decided to create a platform to kind of evoke that violence towards the group that he kind of you know yeah. Had personal vendettas against. Yeah. And then someone also said too, like he had hypertension. One of his things was he was always talking badly about black women. I mean, not mm-hmm. black, like fat women saying how like, oh, they're not lovable or like they are sick, they need to get better. But like you also died. You weren't fat, but you also died because you were unhealthy as well. Karma's bit. Also, who hurt you? Like yeah, also hurt also who hurt you. And I mean, I'm this was kind of like a scattered conversation, but like I just saw it was a three-part series on YouTube. This, this, if you watch a lot of video essays on YouTube, there's a guy named FD Signifier. He made these three, this three-part series, I think, on on the manosphere. If you want to binge watch something, but you want it to be intelligent and smart, maybe you want to feel less bad about yourself, watch a video essay. His shit is like an hour long. One episode is like two hours. But it gets really into the manosphere and the history of the manosphere online. And it's so interesting. And it comes from a black man. So I feel like there is more. He says it from a kind of empathetic place, sort of too. So hmm. I think that it's a good. He's he just has all the the resources and the receipts and all the history. It's really um, interesting. So if you want to get more deep dive on that, I recommend watching that. FD signifier is his name. FD signifier doing some plugins yeah. out here. Yes, I mean he don't need plug. He needs to plug us. He got. <laughs> <a lot of things. laughs> 
in the pro pro. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that's real. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize there was like a term for it. But I'm also yeah. someone who likes to live under the rock, like anything regarding like TikTok or even YouTube. I don't really like do that. I'm more about like what's in the newspaper today. Yeah, so, no, that's good. It's helpful to to kind of yeah. also know that because. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. yeah um well talking about people who are pieces of shit um <laughs> pieces of shit Woo! yes cleansing your colon yes <laughs> let's shit on them <laughs> um no i think that um when thinking about this topic, I was like, what gives me anger? Like, what is really, you know, and I I don't know, I wouldn't say it gives me anger, but what do I, when I think about people I dislike, what is it that I dislike about them? And one of those people is Dr. Seuss. I know. <laughs> I didn't expect that. I forgot you were going to mention it. Thank you. But let's talk about Dr. Seuss. Okay. Okay. Motherfucker is out here getting like probably fucking royalties because of the cat in the hat. Um, a little bitch is a bitch. And let me tell you why. First of all, I think we all like, <laughs> go ahead and laugh. Because at first I was like, why am I so angry at this man? I think, I think everyone, maybe not, I don't want to assume, but I think that his name was definitely trending for a while because um, if you look at some of his older work, there are some like racist caricatures, right? But and they're trying to, I don't know, it's like, the Dr. Seuss Foundation was trying to do some like damage control over that. And it's like, honey, it's whatever it's done, you know, like it's it's out there. But I was also doing some research about him having um create not only did he write for children, obviously, but he also had ads where, for instance, there's one in particular where he was only asked to do an ad for pesticide. And he included some really racist, like black caricatures in there that had nothing to do with the ad itself so it's almost like he was expressing his sentiments towards people who weren't white specifically white men in really derogatory ways um that go beyond just like one fish two fish blue fish fucking you know (laughs) so like it's a mess so then I was like let me do more research into this man because like he's sounding like someone who might be like a proud boy even right Mm -hmm. so then I found out that this dumbass bitch decided to cheat on his wife but shit gets really why because here we go one yes he's clearly a fucking racist but he's Mm -hmm. also a piece of shit because his wife was diagnosed with a really i I don't know if it's a rare disorder but she had i wrote it down and i can't write my own handwriting here can read it gillian barr syndrome which eventually led to cancer so during that time, he actually admitted that he had an affair with someone. So he was having this affair with this woman for like the longest time. And I think he might've even made it public. So what did his wife do? She actually killed herself. So trigger warning. Oh, sorry. I should have put that out there. Well, like, well, I'll put that. We'll put that in the, the, the yeah. episode. So she actually took her life away. And before she decided to take her life away, she wrote a letter for him, basically kind of expressing, you know, like, I, I understand that at some point we loved each other, but like X, Y, Z thing, it didn't work out. And one of her lines said, quote, your reputation with your friends and fans will not be harmed, unquote. And it just sucks to know that this woman who was going through this deadly illness and was trying to persevere and push through was fucked over by her husband in such a way. Like, what the fuck? And like, she was just like the best way to end this, like, torturous to just like 
call it call it quits and give him a letter and it's like what's worse about this thing though is like after his wife passed this bitch married his mistress like shortly right after like we're talking like weeks later he also hated children to the point where like his mistress had some kids and I guess like he didn't like the kids and so she somehow gave him away or something like that Mm. and I'm over here like the fucking irony that's like finding out that Barney hated fucking children and he like decided to do some sort of like I don't know anti-children exploitation market like it just fucking sucks right but now I'm just like this makes sense as to why I fucking hated a lot of Dr. Seuss books because this one comedian I think you know Jordan um Carmichael I think from a Gerard Carmichael wait I'm really bad with fucking names give me a second I accidentally called okay side note I, for the longest time, did not know that Muhammad Ali's real name was um, Cassius Clay. Mm-hmm. So I was randomly like, who the fuck is Cassius Clay? <laughs> While the song was saying, Muhammad Ali, Cassius well, Clay. Muhammad Ali is the name that matters, so it's okay. Hold on. Jordan from Adulting with Michelle Buteau. Jordan Carlos. Let me catch myself. Oh, Jordan oh Carlos. yes, yes, yes. Okay, no him. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Jordan Carlos had this like really funny stand-up routine where he talks about how much he hates Green Eggs and Ham, the book, and how like that's something he's not gonna. It it it's one of those books that need to get quote unquote canceled. And and his and his stand-up, the reason he he said it needed to be canceled was because really the book, to some extent, is about consent right you have someone who's like constantly pushing the fucking idea of green eggs and ham and like that fucking book should have not had been like 30 pages long it should have just been like one or two do you want green eggs and ham no close the book like literally he did this whole thing and that whole time i was just like what the fuck i was like he's right though like this motherfucker legit stalked this other motherfucker just to try green eggs and ham like make it make sense like it doesn't but, but um, I think I think the intention was that to teach kids how to eat, like not to be to eat your vegetables and stuff. Like that's the way I took it. Like you, you know, try new things. But also parenting, like people who are parents or like just like more modern parents are thinking about are we teaching our kids like to like like if if an aunt wants to hug you and you don't want to, should you oh. have your kid force yourself to hug the aunt? Or should you should your kid be able to say, I don't want to hug the aunt? And I think your kid should be able to make that choice. But like that's those are the conversations coming up, right? Teaching consent at an early age. Yes, it's so necessary. Yeah. It's so important. And like, mm-hmm. I also think it's important for like using the right terminology, I guess, for certain things. And I know there were like articles about like what is you know you can't like sometimes a certain private area is considered like a cookie or like someone would name it something else like to young kids, right? Like that's just. I fact. thought it was a front. I thought it was a front, but. Or anything, right? <laughs> like, there are different ways that uh, yeah. it's addressed, and I feel like it's important to kind of be more honest with, with kids. Like, whenever, you know, I'm not a parent. Like, parents can make the call. Yeah. So that way, when those difficult conversations need to happen, or God forbid something happens, like, they're able to kind of advocate for themselves and use the right terminology. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't like Dr. Seuss. Going back. Fuck him. Um, that's my Fuck him. Fuck him. Oh, I love the Grinch. Okay, I love the Grinch. I'll keep watching the Grinch. Okay, but then we go. That kind of sucks for the Grinch, though. He's just like this outcast that was outed by this predominantly white like village. Like, what the fuck? Think about it. Why is he the he only green motherfucker? Maybe he wasn't Christian. That don't Maybe. mean shit. 
I'm just saying, maybe that's why he didn't want to celebrate Christmas. He's like, I'm not Christian. I don't want to celebrate this damn holiday. It proves my point. There are right. more. <laughs> I think about it. They outcasted the one fucking person who didn't believe in Christianity. Like, what if he decided to celebrate Three Kings Day? They never discovered that because, hello. Oh. However, that's also Christians. So maybe it doesn't go hand in hand here. But yeah, I know what you mean. That is so interesting. Yeah. I feel like the more we dissect these things, the more we're going to be like, my childhood is ruined. <laughs> and, but I mean, but I like, I do sometimes I feel like also another thing that, that I kind of think, especially like something with like Wednesday Adams, this might seem like a, a, a weird connection, but like, you know, like forced merriment, forced happiness for like, like, you know, it's easy to be happy if you're, if you're someone that hasn't really had any hard, hard times, of course you're happy, of course you're joyful. The worst thing that happened to you was that your Amazon ordered and to get it on time, you know? So I'm just saying, so like someone that like has more, who like who's more cynical, who's more like just they don't like to force happiness, like there's a reason for it. And like I think now like so a character like Wednesday Adams was just like a dark emo character now is getting her own show because just like she has shit going on. She's she has a dark personality because this world is dark and she wants to acknowledge it that it's dark. You know, am I talking shit? Is that making sense? No, it makes sense because honestly, I mean, again, going back to a few friends who have like their either got or are getting their masters in higher education, sometimes they like send me these articles and it's just like I work in higher ed, right? So I just sit there and I'm like, what's the fucking point? Like there's all these fucking policies that come into play that at the end of the day block like the right to like free and like us like equitable like higher education for all. And it's like, oh. But anyways, okay. number two, me. number two. I know you have a long list. Let's keep going. <laughs> I don't. I know. Uh, the other person I don't like is. I'm not gonna get into it too much. Lemanuel Miranda. I just feel like he's uh, someone who's inauthentic. He tries really hard. Um, I feel like he's someone who is always, like, if he produces something, he always has to be a part of it in terms of like being the main protagonist of whatever the fuck he's doing. Like not long ago, Netflix released this film about Walter Mercado, who's like this dope ass astrologer that like my mom loved growing up. Oh, I, um, oh, I love that documentary. That was yeah. so cool. Okay, so obviously it's about fucking Walter Mercado, but like Lemon Mull and his dad have like these, they're being interviewed throughout the process too. And the whole time I'm just like, what's the point of them being there? Like, why are you taking up space, man? And it's because I think he might have produced it. And I'm like, as a producer, just like step away, man. Um, I'm also just upset with like, I don't know. I know I've said this. I sent you this through like a chat and I feel like I'm going to get again canceled for this. But he's someone who like, now that you know what theater can produce because of people like him, it's like, let's just cancel theater because of him. No, like, stop it. Like, ugh, I just can't. He has such a punchable face. He's someone who deserves to be put like in a trash can and like put like thrown down the hallway. Trigger warning, bullying. I know. No, just because like, one, I feel like his energy is like I, Hamilton is one of the things that comes to mind. I feel like one of the, I, I, I enjoyed it, the soundtrack. I enjoyed watching Hamilton. Um, and I was slightly obsessed for two seconds, almost like Twilight. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Um, we all had that moment where I was like, yeah. Jake, but it's okay. I know. Who wants I'm a ashamed to buy that part of my, of my growing up. <laughs> but you know what? I learned. Now I know um, if a man wants to wants to follow me, like wants to watch me sleep, that's not romantic. That is serial killer. I know. You know what I also discovered through a different podcast? I like listening to this one podcast called The Worst We Get. Um, 
they have a really dark sense of humor. So I feel like it's pretty similar to who I am as a person. You're but... my best friend. I think I can handle that. <laughs> no, I, I love I love the worst we get. But like one of the um, co-hosts had mentioned that Stephanie Myers, the, the author of Twilight, her brother's name was Jacob. So I feel like that adds different layers of like cringeness. But anyways, Hamilton was my Twilight. <laughs> oh, don't do that. You can't compare. No, oh my God. You compare because. <laughs> I'm so upset right now. Because I was really all about it. But then once I took myself out of that narrative, I was like, it's kind of weird seeing people of color portraying these slaveholders. Um, and I get it. You're trying to like make access to history more accessible, whatever, like making history more like out there and like have people be curious. But it's also like, at least be honest about the history. Like we're romanticizing Hamilton. And if you really look into like, um, research. This is a really cool book that actually was published by, I forgot who, I'll, I'll, if I remember, I'll put it out there, but someone actually did research into like Hamilton and like he was very much like Trump when it came to matters of immigration. Like he did not like immigrants. Like he was like very against them. And, Although he was an immigrant. Yeah. And I think I could be wrong. I feel like all the historians out there would be like, bitch, you wrong. Um, I think, what's his name? Burr wasn't too bad of a person, but whatever. But anyways, Hamilton, I'm like, all right, Lemonwell, if you're all about like immigrants and shit, like you said, at least portray the characters. You know, you made the money. What are you doing with that money? I don't fucking know. Um, for a while, he was also very for this one bill that I think Obama was trying to call uh, pass called Promesa for Puerto Rico. But it actually kind of like made it, it was to improve the island. But really what it came down to was like taking jobs and accessibility to like certain rights, like away from the people. So he got a lot of backlash because of that. But I feel like with his fandom of Hamilton, not a lot of people were able to see like this other dark side of the Manuel Miranda where I'm just like, yeah. let's keep people like him accountable. Like, yes, representation is important, but also like, chill the fuck down um I actually had yeah. someone yeah I had someone send me like a, a message directly about like people they hate and they had mentioned Tyler Perry and to some extent like there's this also reminder of like Lemonwell is almost like Tyler Perry because they always have to be present in that narrative and it's like chill what did they say or is it that okay or maybe just I'm wondering because I'm also I'm not I'm not Latino so maybe I don't know who those people are but maybe in the mainstream like the mainstream thing is like, do we know anyone else to call on? They don't know the people. So they're thinking, oh, Lemon Miranda will say everything. That's not a right thing to do. But maybe they're just asking, it's like, who do we know that's Hispanic and famous? I'm sure there's more, but like maybe they're like, okay, let's just call Lemon Miranda. He's available. He's so excited to be here. Let's just ask him to come on. I don't know. Antonio Banderas. Wait, he's Spanish. I don't know. Is he? Girl, well, I feel like it, well, honestly, in America, so America, there people will be like, oh, we don't care. It's same to us to be honest yeah no true because he's been portrayed in so many films i mean there's fucking salma hayek like there's people like rita moreno who had her moment too um she's very pro liminal anyways liminal sucks mm. um and I also I will, I will, oh wait okay i will say i want to just talk about because i i'm a theater person so yes and also i just want to say the reason why i liked like and I, I totally agree with everything you said i think also it's good for us like I think in our culture, we very much like we put our creative people on a pedestal. Yes. And so I think, and I think also, cause like, I know for me, I, I think like a lot of our activists were artists too. And I think we kind of look to art, like in a way that we should have, we should look to politics, but we can't trust our politicians. So we kind of look for something in our artists where maybe we shouldn't. 
So, so like, I get why, like, that's probably why we should, like, look more into our people. But why I like Lin-Manuel Miranda is that he made people of color feel like they are a part of American history, like, in a weird, like, and I think also there was a moment where, like, the Ben, the Thomas Jefferson character mentioned, oh, Sally, and that was, like, a nod, like, oh, yeah, the Sally was a slave, or, like, the woman he was with that was a slave. So it's in there, but, like, it is weird. But it's to be, like, cause as, a, as, like, a Black Indian person, I don't feel American at all. Like, American history, I wasn't interested in that. Because that history, my, my people weren't free yet. So I have no interest in learning about that because it's not my history. But when he put people of color on stage, it's like, oh, wow, like, yeah, we should care about this. It's our history, too. So, I mean, I think it's also, like, the artist way of, like, flipping the narrative. Right. But like, hey, like, this is our history, too. Americans were also immigrants from the jump. So you should, all should be, like... um more sensitive to immigrants now because y'all essentially are immigrants the only real americans are indigenous people so Facts. what the hell and then also as like a theater kid um like if like if i had kids now right if they were want to do a play they would have like it's always a thing where like what people of color play and this sounds like a small thing i know it's just school theater or whatever but now in schools now if there's a production the the people of color can be in Hamilton and that's a small thing but that stuff builds character right like you you get older you remember how I didn't fit in I couldn't I was a tree in the in this play because everyone else was white you know it's just little things like that that's why I, I like his contributions and the Encanto slaps Wait, oh my god don't even I fucking hate Encanto oh my god what because he was a part of it because he was a but, part of it that's, yes, but because you know but what if think you about look- it think about it though why do you need the same fucking tempo for every motherfucking song you got out there, bro? Like, switch it up. Like, obviously, well, the tempo that, that you means- got, the rhythm and the music and the things that you bring up are mostly for the whites. It's like, get it. Like, I get it. Make accessible, make theater accessible to everybody. But also, it's like, yeah. let's be real. At the end of the day, who are you really catering to? Like, who actually has access to the theaters that, that like, these, these sort of productions that you're bringing to the table. Like, the reason why a lot of, like, the young kids here in Chicago, at least specifically, were able to view it was because they were able to get those lottery things where it was, like, $10 yeah. a ticket or whatever. And he, wanted, and he wanted that to happen. He was a, a part of making that accessible. But did he call out the, like, sort of, I don't know, let's address the fact that we have people of color portraying these, like, white supremacists. Uh, was he able to kind of... I, I think he sort of mentioned that, that but he like, didn't like really say it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, know. yes, let's make, like, I think it is important for theater to kind of be more open to diversity and recognize that th- times are changing, right? And, like, to stop with the whole tokenization of certain groups of people mm-hmm. uh, or certain identities. But Lemanuel Miranda is not the representative for that. So I'm like, let's really talk talk then about or put the energy that we're putting towards Lemanuel into, like, really looking at what smaller theaters are doing. Like, what are Chicago theaters doing now? I just saw this really dope theater uh, production, this play. Um, oh, what was it fucking called? It was what really theater good. was it? Uh, it was a uh, Goodman Theater. They had free plays uh, because it was sort of like a an overview or like sort of like a, a co-op, a workshop of some sort where uh, people could put in their their plays and they, they would produce them, but there's never a guarantee that it's actually gonna pick up and be something. And the one play that I did see, shout out to my friend Mia who like invited me, she and her fiance and, and like her future sister-in-law all like came out to watch it. Um, it was it was really good because it was a play about like this young woman, going back to the conversation about like gender, right? Um, 
she was like the only girl in her family, Mexican family, who, um, you know, was was like very much contradicting that that stereotype. And and like she was talking about like you know how her father kind of like had this percep like perception of what it meant to be a man and what it meant to be a woman. But that came from like generational trauma, and like it was her trying to break away from that generational trauma. And for the first time in my life, I was like, I'm finally seeing a play where I see myself, where I see my story, like. I fucking cried in public and you know I hate doing that. Like it was it was a lot to process, especially given like, you know, my dad and I don't have like any sort of relationship nowadays, but like he was, you know, really dumb um as a parent. Um and I was like, wow, this is a story. But then again, it's like, what led to that story to even be produced in the first place? What do the resources in Chicago look like for like playwrights like her? Um yeah. that's yeah. yeah. So I hate Lemonel. Yeah. And that's a good point. Like there is other theater, like Emma Miranda is not the only person making theater with people. Exactly. I mean, like, like we know that, but maybe people don't know that. So right. it's good to say that. And, and also, like, I remember, uh, and I learned, I was saw Hamilton. Theater. What's that? What did you say? I said, and I remember going to the Hamilton production here in Chicago and it's just really uncomfortable, like being like one of the few people of color in the audience and all these white people assuming that, you know, Racism is dead because we finally have people of color representing our founding fathers. And it's like, it's awkward. But, but one thing though, I would say that is, is it his job to manage that reaction? Like, you know, like they're going to think what they want to think, but is that his job to like manage white people's reactions to things? I think it's his job to be able to use the platform for educational purposes that go beyond what's in Hamilton because yeah. this motherfucker was invited to the White House and he was singing to yeah. the fucking presidents. Like, cool. Yeah. What else are you doing to ensure yeah. that you know, mm. you're bringing to the forefront other conversations that don't lead to everything being about you? Yeah. That's where I'm just like, and that could be wrong, but this is just how I see him. He's just so annoying. Oh, uh, that's a good thing. So that's a good thing, <laughs> Um, well, okay, and Moana, okay, that's the thing. You can, can you, wait, that's another question. Can you separate the art from the artist? No, but it's who I am as a person. It's who I am as a person. Like, once I see you for you, here's the thing, something about me. I have this, uh, I wouldn't say gift. I'm someone who's like, once I meet you and I get a sense of your energy and your vibes, mm-hmm. either I fucks with you or I don't. Mm-hmm. and I don't know him personally like I mean dude doesn't even yeah. know me um yeah. but even just like the vibes that he's giving off it's like all right chill your ego like stop like cut the little like stop cut the act mm-hmm. trying too hard Mr. Cringe Mr. Over here worldwide cringeness like please stop that's, that's, uh, Mr. Worldwide is pitbull ma'am what I know <laughs> I'm giving him, I've been using that for, you know, it's funny. I've been using Mr. O'Wife almost like everybody lately. I did this with the too. I was like, I'm sorry. It's just funny. Um, it's just a good, it's just a good catchphrase. Dale. Dale. Um, and then finally, I also don't like Gina Rodriguez because she's very anti-Black. I mean, there's not much more to be said, right? I, I did. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. She's problematic as fuck. I feel like she's someone who's always seeking away um the platform for for um young black and women and 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 men um i think i don't remember when this conversation was happening i think it might have been when the first black panther came out where i think people were being interviewed about like the excitement about like having uh, a black marvel character right that's really out there and she would always use the red carpet as a way for her to be like well where's our latino like superhero it's like bitch this is not your space this is not your time read the fucking room take a fucking seat 
because this isn't about you, right? And like, think about it, girl, you are a light-skinned Latina. There are some people who might, you know, you can relate to, but this is like a big moment for like the black community. So sit your ass down. Also, we have Nacho Libre for two seconds. Like, claim him for now, reevaluate how like Hollywood- Wait, Nacho Libre, did you say Nacho Libre? Yes, I did, but let's not talk about that. Wait, is, wasn't Jack Black in that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that's <laughs> it's not a superhero, but what I'm saying is like if you really want to talk about why don't we have a superhero, do something about it. Don't take it away from someone else's like yeah. moment to shine and talk about what prideful yeah. occasion this is. Also that's the a fact- go ahead. And that's a problem too. Like we when when people see other people get their flowers, people think that prevents them from getting their flowers. Yes. That's not the case. Let people have their moment. And I was like a light-skinned black person. I, I saw Black Panther and there was no light-skinned people in there. And guess what? That's totally fine. Because guess what? We're everywhere. But a lot of times black light-skinned people are the ones that are, represent black people. So it was great. So I didn't really see myself in the film. I did, but like not all the way, but that's fine. It's not everything fine. is about you. I mean, at the end of the day, like let's think about it. Like the black diaspora, like happen. Like the narratives yeah. are there, dude. Like isn't she like half Puerto Rican or full Puerto Rican? Yeah, like, that's why she thought she could say the N word because she's Puerto Rican. But she oh. wants to stop this. Y'all cannot say if you were super light, okay, and you don't look, uh, I'm sorry, just don't say it. And it's not that bad. Just don't say a word. Like, it's all you have and to The thing do. is, like, she said it and she didn't apologize. She apologized, but it was very much like, sorry that it offends you that I can say the N word. It's like, that's and not She's the same. from Chicago, too. You know, she's from Chicago. <sighs> oh my sure. God. She's probably from fucking yeah. Evanston. No, she's from the city. That's the sad part. We're about to Google this shit because she got me fucked up. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I think she's from Humble. And yeah, I think so, maybe. And then also, I know another reason why I don't I don't like her was she was on this um the Hollywood reporter panel with a lot of other uh female like comedic actresses. And she, I mean, she and Nisi, Nisi Nash were the only people of color there. Maybe Tracy Ellis Ross was there. I'm not sure. I think that was a different one. But she was like, her vibe on the panel was just to be like, well, yeah, I don't have any, like, yeah, I'm confident because I'm confident, blah, blah, Because there were women who were just honest about like, you know, sometimes when I'm in these rooms with all these with all these men, I feel insecure or whatever. She, it seemed like she was always trying to like outdo everybody. Yeah. And it was so annoying. Like, like, bitch, calm down. Like, and like even niece, like Niecy Nash was also very confident about her story and saying how great she is, but she didn't put people down while also doing that. And she just, I think a lot of people also just got turned up by Gina Rodriguez with that because she was just trying so hard and like yeah. trying to one up someone. And Rachel it's like Bl- the female version of Lemonwell Miranda because Lemonwell has also said the N word several times, and no one's like caught in him, like because um, Hamilton. That sucks. Ugh. Yeah, dude is not okay. <laughs> like he never takes accountability and like same with Gina like she doesn't take accountability for anti-blackness what's also funny is that um there's a tweet with Gina Rodriguez uh I guess someone there's this really dope podcaster from Bitter Brown Femmes um Ruben who actually retweeted it not long ago but and they mentioned it in their podcast and I think it's important that we bring it up like at some point someone had tagged Gina Rodriguez in the tweet being like hey like help a girl out uh, for her tuition scholarships and then this was like 2016 and then Gina Rodriguez replied oh basically being like you can do research with Hispanic Hispanic Heritage uh, Scholarship Foundation very dismissive 
very like it's a you problem not a me problem but she's out here about like how important it is for like women to like advocate for ourselves and like get a higher education whatnot um wait someone she, asked her wait someone asked her for money or like it, a. it's a tweet no it's a tweet hold on okay I like that I'm like researching this while we're on here no, that's what podcasters do how much for just okay. like keeping it chill and simple no we gotta do research too scholarship yeah I'm not gonna be out here saying that the sky is purple um where is it so some girl or someone I'm not gonna assume their gender someone at that the at also I don't have a twitter like that I'm only there for the news I don't really know how this works I feel like my mother sometimes um someone tagged her in a tweet saying please help a struggling Latina sister who can't afford to pay her tuition then Gina Rodriguez replied have you looked into the Hispanic scholarship fund there are a few places to look for help, Mama. Let's research. And it was like, okay, like, oh, damn, yeah, that's dismissive as fuck. Yeah, way to be condescending as shit. And it was, and it was like, was it someone asking for money on behalf of someone else? Like, a, a no, it was just day. like someone being like, and I feel like there's more context here. I think that this might have been in, in response to something else, but like, it was just like help a struggling Latina sister who can't afford to pay her tuition. Like, yeah, okay, where did just be like? do your research mama like okay great I'm yeah. glad you made it out there but way to be fucking rude but then as I was doing research on Gina Rodriguez lately I think um a few years after this happened she actually decided to contribute towards the Hispanic Heart uh, Scholarship Fund and I'm just like are you trying to do damage repair or did you realize how difficult it is for a lot of students to actually find outside scholarship opportunities mm-hmm. especially if you're Latino like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Anyways, that's why I don't like Gina Rodriguez or many other things, but that's it. And that's where I'm ending my people I hate conversation. I thought you had more. No, let's go keep I, going. I did, but it's just like so stupid. Like no, no, say what you gotta say. This is the space. This is our platform to say what we want to say. Okay, so I think the only other I've been rewatching Parks and Rec. And it sounds really stupid and silly because I also like love The Office and The Office is problematic in its own way. But I mean, I expect stupidity all across the board. But I really fucking hate Leslie Nope. That's it. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who, who else I hate. I'm thinking. Oh, I'll say this. I hate. Okay, this is not a person. This is like a... I hate online debates or like... It's the left debating the right or like anti-feminist versus feminist because it's it's not productive and it just makes each side look bad. Yeah. And then something I noticed too, because I I'm I know I'm more left-leaning, but sometimes I don't know where I stand politically because I don't know much about politics, but I know politics is important. Um, and I think a lot of times what I notice is that with the left, if if the right is is not liking something that is a part of your identity like if you're saying this is not true but you're saying it about them like if they're trans and they're saying transgenderism is not a thing or if they're low income you're saying their issues aren't a problem then it's like you're asking someone to debate who they are and like are you going to come to a solution no because you're not going to tell me who i am or what my experiences are yeah i'm also fucking hating trolls like trolls just yeah it's just so stupid it's just so stupid so there's a part of me that has like a kumbaya view of life where like we need to all come together and stuff but then I'm like like is that effective and I just I just basically I just hate the world right now I guess we could say that like just yeah. political discourse in general as as much as I I guess 
know about it but you know what I mean I know I feel like that's one of the reasons I kind of deassociate myself from like political discourse I also just hate the left, the right, hate everything. I, I don't know. I, I consider my, I don't consider myself an anarchist either. So it's just like very much. I'm disillusioned with everything because I mean, what is really being done? Nothing. It's just. I think America is wearing a fake Gucci belt, and everyone else can see it but ourselves. <laughs> I um, love that. Which is really this hard. Can we put that? Can we like get quoted for that? I feel like I might have been. I might have read it somewhere else too. But think about it. We're literally like out here thinking that we are like the best five-star restaurant but the rest of the world is like honey you're only mcdonald's yeah i'm the fuck down yeah um a a good part of like having a mom that's from somewhere else is that i go to a country where my mom's from singapore and that place has its issues i wouldn't say it's the freest country in the world but they're economically doing well it works for them so like being an American is unimpressive to them. And then like, I know sometimes there have been times in my life where, and I'm the type of person that thinks America is the greatest country in the world. I don't go into a conversation like that. But I'm, but I'm feeling a bit like, well, you're talking from an American's perspective. So even as a person of color, like I come into things with like a, with like a bias because I'm taught from birth that America is the greatest country in the world. And we're not. And we're not. And then like, you realize, oh wait, like there's other countries that like, have but, other benefits that are better maybe you can have better especially how we how we work ourselves to death like that's not moment. healthy <laughs> huh what'd you say that full circle moment yeah mm-hmm. oh my god yeah it's it's a lot um I also want to go back to the conversation about um Tyler Perry I do want to quote uh read out loud what someone sent me in terms of like mm-hmm. why they dislike and hate Tyler Perry so quote his movies and shows are the equivalent to modern-day minstrel and play to the absolute worst stereotypes of Black culture. Uh, they also generally follow the same format, appeal to the specific hyper-religious subsection of Black people, and he takes credit in being the only writer of his trash-ass shit. But that's just me. I've been stewing on this for little years, unquote. And I get that. Um, I don't know if you watch Atlanta by any chance. I don't. I fucking love Atlanta. Um... There's I've been, one, I'm definitely gonna watch it. Someday. Yeah, I think their last season came out this year, and there's one episode in particular where they're really trying to kind of, you know, bring that conversation to light about Tyler Perry, and it is an episode where the main character's name is, um, Mr. Chocolate. So for anyone who wants to like kind of dive deeper into that analysis, definitely check out Atlanta. Atlanta is also really cool because. There's just a lot of talk regarding so many different things, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with that, but one thing I will say about that is that bl- there are Black people who also love Tyler Perry movies, and I remember growing up, that was kind of like, he was definitely kind of the only one like creating mass like movies for Black people, mm-hmm. and that type of content does... Um, he knows the audience it it does cater to like a more like religious black audience like they're like used to do plays and like it's only for black people and so although like there is issues with it like his his evil characters tend to be dark-skinned men and then the light-skinned men save the bitter dark-skinned black woman there's definitely tropes in there that like we definitely need to look into but probably like the reason why he thinks that way is because he was brought up in a type of system so like it's good to critique that but also know that he I think he is creating films for his people for his audience as well so I guess the question is back to like the Manuel right so then 
when do we have those conversations then about all right if these are the stereotypes for yeah. people who you know may not be aware of that where do we when and how do we have those conversations mm-hmm. yeah i don't know how to even answer that but that's the thing though that's the difference with Lamar miranda thing like he's definitely making it for the mainstream tyler perry is making his stuff for for black people who like who like his stuff but there are black people who, who of course don't like his stuff like I, I liked his Medea movies, but then as I got older, I was like more like critical of them. Like, this is kind of, what is he saying? Like, yeah, no, I agree. And also the, just for context, the person who sent this um, message identifies as a black man. So they were pretty much pretty similar. Of like, you know, as time progresses, is like, what's really your intentionality behind us, dude? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, why is it the same trope over and over again? And it's real. Um, there's this one dope ass uh, Obi who did their research project on Tyler Perry, actually specifically Medea's family reunion. And she kind of talks about oh, all that, that right? Yes. Like the way in which black women in particular are being portrayed and like ridiculed and also just taken advantage of. And, and yeah. the conversation about, you know, what it means to be black women goes beyond just those stereotypes that he presents. Right. So um, mm-hmm. that's pretty badass on her end. Yeah, that's really cool. All right. Well, that's that's it for now. Yes. Oh my god. I did it. This is the second. This is the second episode, guys. Please follow. Please share our Instagram. Uh, I don't know. Just listen to us. We're fun. Um, yeah. yeah we're still brown. We're still broke. You know, a girl brown, made it through broke. to payday. I'm so Woo! proud of myself. But a girl is still struggling. So it's all good, though. It's all good. Yeah, we I are. My guy we are getting sorry we are making it through i thought going to say something else but i forgot what i wanted to say it's all right y'all uh give us a holla yeah. uh see y'all in the few if you have any other ideas or anything you want to talk about let us know uh check out our email um if you know me personally you can dm me um or send it to our brown broke laughing instagram page yeah or email brown broke wait brownbroglaughing at gmail.com you can send us any questions if you want to like say your opinion or comment what we said if you want like a specific topic to talk about let us know we will we will uh try our best yeah try our best also because i got time so we better i got long that time i'm trying trying to make it out here y'all like literally i don't drink no more water all i have in my pee is just coffee so we struggling please drink more water Eight glasses a day, everyone. Six to eight glasses a day is what you should be having. And I drink a, a mason jar and it has three, it has, it has like a measuring. So I know how many cups it is. So like that's easier. So I drink two of these. I know I get my daily. Okay, we, we're taking too long. Okay, <laughs> bye everyone. Bye.